I don't know if this has a happy ending, though. I think this might actually be a disaster. They actually know how to do spiritual warfare online. They're good at it, they're trained in it. IPS is just showing the truth. Yeah, respect to the Infinite Plane Society. The Autohoker Revolution. Ominous number, very 911-y, or 311-y. It's just one of these occulty numbers the power elite like to encode into their major surprises that they have in store for us. Well, not surprises for those of us who keep up with the spoiler alerts, a.k.a. predictive programming. Spoiler alerts for the world stage. Not spoiler alerts for what's going to happen, but what they're going to fake. Uh, this is... Infinite Plane Radio, open phones for open minds, 113-2024. If you want to call in, open phones, 505-349-0420. It's going to be an interesting week ahead, and it's going to culminate with our IPS Cyber Symposium at the headquarters here, where we're going to deal with the International Space Station. And we have the ammunition, I believe, uh, that would be required to actually... Um, bring it down in the minds of the believers because that's the only place where it's up. It's not physically up there. It's up there in the minds of the true believers who've never looked at it, who've never seen it, who believe in it because of hearsay or seesay. Because they believe they're plugged into some kind of hive mind mass perception, which I call the world stage, which, you know, again, map is not the territory. Your internal representation of the world isn't the exact same thing, because it can be populated by things that don't exist, such as superstitions, space stations. All right, we are joined by Army Ann from DLive with Diana South and Auto Hoaxer into the Beyond, Linda Curtis, Shepard Ambalas, Dua Sempera, and Maskless Faceless coming from YouTube. I just sent out notifications. All right, Portal Complex. Yes, it's Infinite Plane Saturn Day. If you look at the screen, you see the penguin on the ring of Saturn with the boombox, and it says Infinite. That's the station that it's on. It's the station we're on. And Infinite means open system, as opposed to closed system. And the world stage is a closed system, by definition. It's just it's a, a world of ideas, and it's, it's shrinking, actually. The world's getting smaller. Uh, communication's getting more prevalent, everybody's talking to everybody, we can all pretty much read each other's thoughts more or less, and we're actually in a smaller world than ever. They're shrinking the universe of ideas, and I think they're also truncating the human imagination. But what I wanted to talk about today, the main topic, is the sensitive event thing. If anybody has any comments on this, I guess YouTube is now, not YouTube, Google is now preparing to modify search results to 
prevent sensitive events from being tampered with by non-controlled or government-controlled media. In other words, you and I shouldn't be able to talk about sensitive events. So a sensitive event, according to Google's updated policy, and this would be the same Google that I'm suing, and in four months uh, we'll be meeting them in Redwood City, California for a pre-trial meeting. may not even go to trial. It's kind of a one of these mediation things. Anyway, Google updated their policy. So an, an, a sensitive event is an unforeseen event or development that poses risk to Google's ability to deliver high-quality, relevant information and ground truth. Now, when did they ever do that? But the point of it is, a sensitive event would be anything from, I, I imagine, they even said cultural events, like Super Bowl would probably be included in this thing. Like, what can we actually talk about? The uh, update came here uh, in just in time for the 2024 Super Tuesday when the greatest number of U.S. states hold primary elections, caucuses, and presidential preference polls. So they're ramping up the censorship, obviously, because of the incoming election. During a sensitive event, they may take actions to uphold their content standards. Examples of sensitive events include civil emergencies, natural disasters, public health emergencies, acts of terrorism, conflicts, or acts of mass violence. It almost seems like this is damage control, preemptive damage control for us. They realize this breakaway parallel media is getting out of control, and they specifically focus on mass acts of violence, conflicts, terrorism, supposed health emergencies, natural disasters, all these things. We're the ones who are immediately questioning the integrity of their claims because they're rarely accompanied by anything that could constitute evidence. And I think this is because of us. I really do. I mean, maybe there's somebody else doing this, but I don't think so. Show me the skeptics. It's not the red pill. It's not the truthers. They're reinforcement. In fact, they're propaganda mules in addition to being heels but and, and accepted scapegoats. But for the most part, what I'm saying is there isn't any real skepticism regarding these events. It's always just an alternative spin on, on who did it, who's to blame. But it says here, they're going to prevent the spread. I love how they talk about this, like it's a, a virus. They're going to prevent the spread of inappropriate content during sensitive events. And here are some of the policies. This is the masking of the mind. They're going to have to, like I've been saying, this is very consistent with what we've been describing. The rolling out of disease X, the free flow of information being the thing that everybody has to lock down for, where in order for us to interact online, we have to wear the equivalent of a mental mask if you're not mentally vaxxed. And they recognize that there's going to be anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, meaning those who don't subscribe to these regulations. Again, sensitive events. Now, one other point here. Who's going to stand up on principle for free speech? Not the right wing. They're now saying that you can't even criticize Christianity. You can't, you can't mock it by putting up uh, Halloween decorations, basically. Like, that's how radical it's getting. So, no side stands on principle with regard to free speech. Both sides make arguments for censoring their respective enemies' hangouts online, you know, Reddit or Google, because each one radicalizes shooters to go after the other. But anyway, 
sensitive events are now a thing. And, I mean, how do you define a sensitive event? It's just so vague. And what do they mean by sensitive? Feelings are going to be hurt if you talk about it. Crisis actors' feelings. Or sensitive to the integrity of their world stage deception. Which is what I think. I mean, maybe this should also include rocket launches. You don't want us there, or even anything from NASA at all. Because that's very sensitive to the infrastructure of their massive world stage construct. I mean, it, it really is. It's It's foundational, the space program that is. So maybe we shouldn't be allowed to criticize that stuff either. All right, joined by Ellen Smith, Linda Curtis, I mean, uh, Elephant Tusks. Linda Curtis says, The Incredible Shrinking Man. Um, who are you referring to? Oh, the world is, is, is the, the shrinking world. I first realized they were doing this when they started referring to conspiracy theory content as borderline, meaning the edge. So if you can picture the world stage as like a flat disk, and the edge is where they have all the information that they don't want, and everybody faces the middle anyway. But the people on the fringe are the ones focusing on the fringe. But eventually they get the rest to consider, hey, look, this is dangerous. Let's just push them off the edge. So now the world's a little smaller, fewer ideas, but it's a little more pure. It's safer. It's becoming a safe space, because we're entering the safe space age. Not the It's not necessarily like the space age as far as going to these distant planets, but rather it's the safe space age, and it's about mind control and compartmentalization and getting people used to the idea of needing to be safely ensconced within some kind of a bubble provided for you by Big Brother and one that protects you from other people's mind viruses that might conflict with what you believe. But when you push everybody off the edge, the world is smaller. And then the next edge, the next group on the border is now looked at as, okay, well, are you necessary? And we're seeing the, the whittling down. of, And not only that, but in, they're also putting reality itself through a wood chipper. So they're shrinking the world of acceptable ideas, meanwhile destroying any way for people to maintain a coherent worldview. Um, it, it's too subjective, and we're looking at worldview warfare left and right right now, and it's really unleashed. I mean, I think 10-7 was a big wake-up for this, for the way that it's partisan. You, you know, it's like the desert of the designated real. It's real if they designate it real, even though it all looks equally fake. Similarly, you just can choose to believe the atrocities committed by the people you hate and choose to disbelieve those committed by the people that you side with. This is the level of subjectivity today. But yes, we're all going to be basically bubble people. That's where they want us. The, the closed system. And that's what I mean by a closed system. It's not open to new information. Alright, let's see what else we have going on here. My third eye says, Google servers are slow today for me. Anybody else having problems? Maybe they're slowing it down. But rolling out sensitive event rules. So let's look at some of these rules here. Exploitative products or services. This includes actions like price gouging. Artificially inflating prices to meet demands. Okay, so let's like, for example, they do a mushroom cloud in Seattle. If you're selling gas masks and you raise your prices because, you know, d demand, uh, that's going to have to be dealt with. They've already done this when people were selling hand sanitizer at inflated prices. 
but they don't want people capitalizing on these things and that's really where a lot of the truther channels get their money storable food items iodine for fallout keyword manipulation it's against Google's policy to use keywords related to a sensitive event with the intention of driving traffic to content that may misrepresent it. So in other words, I can't even mention the next mass shooting by name because I'm directing it to my site where I'm saying that it's fake AF. Keyword manipulation. So they say keep keep the name of the last school of this next school shooting out of your mouth. Keep the name of this terror attack out of your mouth, unless you're going to echo what the mass media says. Now, victim blaming. Google forbids claims that victims of a sensitive event were responsible for their own tragedy. That's going to kill environmentalism, because they typically blame people. They blame the West. They blame, well, in a way they do, but they, they scapegoat, I guess you should say. They make victims out of the poor. But victim blaming, I guess it was, this would also include mentioning actors, crisis actors. And if you don't include in your concept of mass mediation the existence of crisis actors, simulated news events, if you don't include in your assessment propaganda at that level of sophistication, you're naive. There's no other way to describe it. If you don't know what a crisis actor is, if you think it's some conspiracy theory, you're naive, and you're exactly where they want you. All right, let's continue here. Kevin Mooring says, Trump could be part of a sensitive event. Yeah, this is any event. Anything. So let's say that they do the JFKification of Trump tonight, because he's live, and it's 1.13, very interesting date, 113311. The numerology on these dates that they plan their rituals are very significant. And things are heating up. In two days on MLK Day, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA is going to diss Martin Luther King's legacy. And he's going to speak out against the Civil Rights Act. So they're going just full-blown... Um, yeah, kind of in-your-face, white nationalism and MAGA now means. Let's go back pre-civil rights. And whatever you think about the Civil Rights Act, and whether it's consistent with free market or whatever their arguments are against it, there's no way you can say you're against it and not look like some kind of a, a, a racist kook. It just sounds crazy. Like, I'm against rights. I'm against women's rights. Well, I mean, I'm against civil rights. It just sounds insane to say, but they're going to say it in a couple days. And there's no way that's not incendiary. There's no way, because look at how consistently MLK has been presented in the big Metascript picture for the last couple of years, and specifically in the last year. The 55th anniversary of MLK, the association of his daughter with the Terry Nichols PSYOP, that event being compared to the Rodney King, a lot of stuff building up here. Okay, let's continue. We have another interesting one. This was brought to me by 666-777 on Twitter. Uh, t today, Saturday, January the 13th, is exactly 77 years and 7 months from Trump's birthday. Donald Trump was born 77 years and 7 months ago, to the day.
if you've followed Trump and all the seven sevens attached to him, his inauguration, you can see how scripted this character is. And I use the word character advisedly. He's not rogue. He's not bucking the system. He's not just a businessman who's trying to fight the deep state. Uh, that's silly, and people still believe this stuff. It's very, very well articulated and coordinated, planned by the stars. I mean, this is astrology at work. Billionaires, as J.P. Morgan alluded to, definitely use astrology. So there's a connection here. And now he's live right now as we speak. So could tonight be the night that there's a sensitive event? Uh, speaking of, I just was looking through some of my Twitter feeds, and this came up. Donald Trump's inauguration speech borrows lines from Batman villain Bane. The Batman-Joker thing is consistently connected because of their what they represent as far as their archetypes, but they're consistently used throughout many of the PSYOPs. And specifically, The Dark Knight, which had connections to the Boston bombing, Sandy Hook, the Aurora shooting, and it even has predictive programming for COVID and a mushroom cloud. Interestingly, it was directed by Christopher Nolan, who did Oppenheimer. Anyway, a small part of President Trump's inaugural address sounded familiar to those who remember 2012's The Dark Knight Rises. Here's a part of what Trump told the DC crowd. Today's ceremony has a special meaning because we're not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we're transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Which is really what Bain said. Nothing new here. I mean, we've already looked into this stuff. For example, they hired, the Trump campaign hired the marketing director for The Purge for their 2020 campaign. Their whole campaign was directed by the guy who was a specialist in creating dystopia dystopian visions. Let's see, my third eye says, I remember Rand Paul said he was against one plank of the Civil Rights Act and it torpedoed his presidential campaign. Yeah, look, there may be principled... For example, some people say that you don't need it because if a business is racist, the free market will punish the business. That's the premise. Like, let's say there's a store that says they only serve one race. Well, they're going to get negative reviews the marketplace will punish them, the government doesn't need to get involved. That's the Rand Paul, libertarian, just free market, I guess, um, believer, because it doesn't really exist, but the people who really believe in the free market, they, they, um, they would argue that it's self-correcting. But that isn't really, I don't think, true. I mean, it's, it's nice in theory, and it would tend to work, I would imagine, for, we, we see examples of it, but the idea was that the Civil Rights Act was needed to kind of strong-arm things to force change to where there would have been resistance. But whatever the case is, you know, you can make a principled argument and still sound insane to the, to the rest of the public. And that's a football moment for me, is like, to say, yeah, I'm against the Civil Rights Act. And look at how the media just distorts everything anyway. I saw this piece here in the USA Today. Crypto's Nazi problem. With few rules to stop them, white supremacists are fundraising for hate. It is 
more important than ever to identify and disrupt the funding underpinning hateful actors and their bigotry, Greenblatt told USA Today. He's from the ADL. The surge in hate demands not just awareness but uncompromising action to dismantle the financial infrastructure that fuels extremist agendas. That's the part I want to highlight here. Just as they have been dismantling the free speech infrastructure because it, quote, fuels extremist ideas, they're making the same case for money, for crypto, for anything. No surprises. Joined by Les Sko. Thank you for joining. Kevin Mooring says, this is NFL's wild card weekend, WCW. Okay, well, we have our sights on Trump right now for 113, the remainder of the day. We talked a lot about the symbolism of the MLK and Turning Point USA about to attack MLK on 115. I mean, this is interesting that they're doing it. Like, there's no other reason than they're, they need some more accelerant because people aren't active enough right now. And, you know, I want to make the point, too, and I've done this before, I've I made the point that the military are all brainwashed. And I came across this article from, or PDF, from the Center for Climate and Security Council on Strategic Risks. This is a briefer from last year. Climate change as a threat multiplier, history, uses, and future of the concept. When you go into the military, there is no opt-out from believing something. You're not debating. You're basically just absorbing the programming. You're memorizing it and acting on it, like an actor memorizing lines. There's no opt-out to say, I don't believe in nukes, or these are totally fake, this is all theater, this is psyop. You could never say that stuff. It would not work. And my point is, if you're in the military, you're brainwashed by definition into believing all of the universal threats. And one of the primary universal threats that they use for the pretext of ubiquitous controls is climate change. So it's just not a surprise at all to see it described by the Center for Naval Analysis Military Advisory Boards as a threat multiplier. From environmental security to climate security. And this is similar to the development where it's now being referred to as climate justice. So the Black Lives Matter uh, you know, obviously is a front group for revolutionary Marxism, pretending they're only about this martyrdom of, you know, of certain individuals by the police, but really it has a bigger agenda. And it's the same one behind environmentalism. So environmental justice, climate justice, they've just merged these things, but now it's also part of our national security. So anyway, no opt-out to believe in these absurdities if you're paid to shave your head, join a cult, and run around with a gun. Uh, Phil LeBlanc says, just got the new book. Nicely done. Oh, thanks. Autohooksology 101. Had to get that out. And I was really insistent that we get all of our best ideas on this methodology for approaching media, which is skepticism, but an informed skepticism, that we need to get it all in a book, in a text, that's not connected to listing things that we think are fake. Because if you put a book and you just say, 9-11 was fake, moon landing was fake, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. 
I'm more about let's talk about the infrastructure of media and what it means for our cognition if we accept an implicit argument from authority from a pathological lying media. It's just a, it's a worldview discussion. But I figured if we don't put into a book and something happens, let's say I end up, I don't know, something crazy happens. I fall off the edge of the earth. What's going to happen to this? The network of minds who for years have kept up with the fakery as it rolls out and have been a witness to it. So I thought, well, let's put it in a book so that it can survive and it can start anywhere. Because what we're talking about here is the ground zero premise of what we're saying when we describe the worldview as such or the world stage as such and why it matters that you understand what you're actually doing when you cede any any level of control or trust and just go with what is being propagated. But we're all born in this deluge of propaganda that it's just normal we're used to this constant stream. The suspension of judgment, suspension of belief is just not a thing. It hasn't been a thing until now. In fact, not believing was is something like a sin. And it's mostly truthers that stop people from doing it. Oh, you don't believe that's real? Well, you're going to discredit us. Because they're always trying to curry favor with the mainstream media. Oh, you're just trying to make real truthers look crazy. No, you guys are reinforcing mainstream media programming. I mean, it's true that the firewall that has prevented a mass awakening to the reality of the psychological warfare, the illusion warfare, the firewall is actually the red pillars. It's their refusal to go that far and their gatekeeping of their own. They gatekeep their own. Remember, the term auto-hoaxer was a pejorative to attack people who called things fake. Anyway, we're fixing that. It's a reversion because they have inverted our psychoepistemology. They've put you on the other side of the screen. They've insisted that you take on the burden of proof for all their claims. No no um, pause for reflection. No, let me get back to you. It's like being rushed to buy something by a pushy salesperson, and that's what it's become. And it's going to become increasingly so this year as people are going to try to rush you to choose which celebrity you're going to vote for. I mean, we can call them politicians if you want. Here's a quote from Thomas Sowell. If people in media cannot decide whether they're in the business of reporting news or manufacturing propaganda, it is all the more important the public understand that difference and choose their news sources accordingly. Sounds smart, but he's wrong. I mean, I, I, I agree with him 100%, but the issue here is that, is that the last sentence. Like, sure, the people in the media are the most brainwashed of all, and they're insulated. So, of course, the public needs to know this. The problem is here. Choose their news sources. I'm like, what about being your own source? Maybe you shouldn't choose sources. That's the problem. So they have everybody hooked on a dealer. That's what we're dealing with here. It's, it's literally this collection of subjective belief systems, and as long as you're believing something, as long as you have a source, you're under control. Choose your poison. 
A Buffalo supermarket gunman who killed 10 will face death penalty. This guy had a Discord diary, if you remember. They all have diaries now. And the last one also had a diary on, I think it was on Telegram. Yeah, the, the Prague shooter had a Telegram diary. Now, what is a diary? What does it represent? Because they've been bringing these up. I mean, one thing you have manifestos, but a diary is something different. A diary is being brought up in this context, private thoughts that haven't been vetted. Private thoughts that could spread to others, a potential mind virus. You could have a mind virus in your journal. It is now a matter of public health that your journal be screened and censored accordingly. Maybe your mind hasn't been vaxxed. Were you not wearing your mind mask when you wrote that? You see what they're doing. They're setting the standard here. That Okay, we've got to watch out for people who journal, who have their own thoughts. This is straight up George Orwell, 1984, where he's committing the crime of own self, I think they called it, when he's in his own apartment where he's not supposed to be writing in a book, having thoughts. Jamitra 101 says, Amazon Prime, like Prime numbers, Amazon's logo is an arrow from A to Z representing the alphabet, Whole Foods like whole numbers. Who owns YouTube and Google alphabet? All mockery. Interesting. Amazon, A to Z, definitely Bezos, Nimrod, Tower of Babel. Which makes all the more sense now, it really does. And the Amazon's logo being an arrow, I like that a lot more than what I thought it was. But his rockets certainly are that. My third eye says his diary had bad English. A check didn't write it. Yeah, the Prague shooting, if you don't recall, the Prague shooting, Christmas, I believe, the solstice shooting. Uh, the main thing about it is the shooter was on a balcony, like a sniper. And there was blood on the marble steps, iconic marble steps. Then, at the same time, there was fake blood reportedly thrown at the Lincoln Memorial steps. So, bloody steps, bloody steps, Lincoln Memorial, a guy who was assassinated, and a guy on a balcony, a sniper. If you put these two stories together on the solstice, even, just the timing of these things, it just seems like, okay, it seems like foreshadowing. And this is at the same time that Biden had the Civil War Reconciliation Memorial removed. And the Civil War movie was announced. And then some guy claiming to be Captain America, a 33-year-old no less, attempted to break onto a military base with an AR-15. And in the series, it's Captain America who starts Civil War. So there's a ton of Civil War, assassination, Lincoln, all in the air right now. My third eye says, nobody in Prague Center heard any shots. Well, normally the way it's reported, it used to be like, there's a PSYOP happening, you see it on Twitter, and the reports are like, yeah, CBS is reporting that somebody on Twitter reportedly heard a pop, pop, pop. That's like the standard line. Somebody heard it, or somebody saw a tweet about somebody who heard it, or read the tweet, you know, it's just like, come on, it's like telephone. There's no source. Uh, Amazon Q just dropped. Fascinating. You know, we have the whole Q thing for years, and now all of a sudden, you have generative AI-powered assistant Amazon Q. 
Why would they take that? Like, you would think that's just very negative branding. Or are they taking it over? You know, because for a couple of years now, for I, I've been trying to get in a little bit here and there on the MAGA grift, mostly as a test. Like, if I make a Q shirt, how many people are going to buy it? What is the level of interest? Because in 2020, I actually published a PDF of all the Q drops, and I put it on Teespring. And I made $200 out of these $5 PDFs. I mean, I just sale after sale after sale before they cut it off. And I was also testing Amazon, where I'm an Amazon merchant seller. So I was creating QAnon shirts and putting them on Amazon. And all of a sudden, they, they took them all down. You can no longer put shirts on Amazon that have a Q on them. Or Trump with a Q. Like, they really were banning this stuff. Well, now, interestingly enough, Amazon Q is out. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder how that's going to work. Like, what are they doing? Are they just going to try to bury Q? How does Q feel about this? Has there been a Q drop recently? When was the last Q drop? Was it before or after the last Mandela effect? Seems like these movements are dying and people just can't let them go. There's not going to be any more Q drops. And there's not going to be any more Mandela effects. My third eye says the media there in Prague tried to explain people thought they were hearing firecrackers. But it's BS. Nobody heard firecrackers either. It's a densely populated area. Yeah, all we had for evidence was uh, people crowded on a balcony, like they were hiding from the shooter. Very dramatic. But there was no evidence. Just a little bit of hearsay. Nothing to see. If you want to call in, phones are open. 505-349-0420. I'm definitely looking forward to MLK Day and what Charlie Kirk and Turning Point do. It's going to get insane. I mean, they're just really... What we're looking at here is this. The MLK, Civil Rights Act, BLM, versus Western Chauvinism, Proud Boys. And the ritual, the theater of Chauvin kneeling on Floyd was showing this exact tension with how they describe it as class struggle. It's just Marxist theater. But the fact that they're going to go out and directly attack the Civil Rights Act is, is uh, fascinating. I mean, I just I didn't have that in my bingo card for 2024, but it's early. Okay, we are joined by Ted Stryker, 2112. Thanks for joining. Whatever happened to the 2012 people? A lot of the 2012 people who knew the world was going to end in Nibiru. I remember some of them stuck around for a year, just like Y2K. It's just, I'm like, where do they go? And like, where are the queues going to go? And now that we're finally seeing Amazon Q coming out, it could be the end of the original Q. All right, let's go through my Twitter feed. If you want to follow me there, it's IPS Insider. We've had a number of topics we've kind of gone over today. Uh, for the most part, though, I want to catch up on the last week. Today is the 100 and... No, today is a 113, rather. It's January 13th, 113. And if you know anything about their patterning and timing of events, today would be a very psyopy day. Okay, let's see what we have here. Environmentalists screaming about how the planet's on fire, and this is in Iowa. 
and they had to brave their way through a blizzard and sub-zero temperatures to scream at Vivek Ravaswamy about climate change. Vivek is a liar. The planet is on fire. All right, there you go. That's the environmentalists who have braved their way through the snow in order to make that message, to get that message heard. I wish they would go back to the ocean levels rising. Uh, Elephant Tusk says Dom Looker. Th this, now, this Dom Looker guy is some kind of ex influencer who just spams ancient Q drops, recycles stuff, drops some major pizza info tying Clintons to the tunnels. Like, is this 2016 again? They're rebooting Pizzagate, starting from scratch. Maybe they're just re reselling it to the youth vote and they're just bringing it back, but like, there's nothing new. Tunnels, Clintons, pizza, nothing's coming. Linda Curtis says, did Eminem write that? Yeah, that sounds like something he would write. The planet is on fire. Vivek is a liar. I mean, he did rhyme casket with basket. Because if you're in a grocery store and you're not wearing a mask, that's whack. And if you cough on the basket, you'd put him in a casket. And I believe the way he said it is if you're coughing, you'll put him in a coffin. So yeah, this is on par with some Eminem. And by the way, speaking of, Vivek actually raps Eminem. He does the Eminem rap. And, you know, beyond that, I, I, I really don't want to have to research this live. But, yeah, he, he comes out doing the Eminem rap, and it's super cringe. Lose yourself. But, and, and Eminem actually told him to stop doing it. Um, but one thing about this, there's this conspiracy theory I saw on TikTok that Vivek is actually Eminem in a synthetic face mask. Loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's joking how, everybody's joking now. The clock's run out, time's up, over, plow, snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity, oh, there goes gravity, choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up that easy, oh. He won't laugh, but he knows his own bags and he's ropes. It don't matter, he's choked. He don't matter, but he's broke. He's so sad that he knows when he goes back to... Okay, there you go. Eminem Karaoke by Vivek Ramaswamy at the Iowa State Fair. Not really keeping up with where they are. MAGA rap was 2020. MAGA rap was 2017. Uh, these days, it's MAGA... I think it's like country, like that banjo guy. What was his name? Oliver Anthony. Let's see what we have here. I'm showing you a picture of Vivek next to Eminem. Could it be? Again, I saw it on TikTok. They said Vivek is Eminem in some kind of a rubber skin suit. And uh, I don't know. Would he play I mean, would he play some other person and then rap his own, his own music and do it badly? Maybe if he does it too good, it would give it away. I don't know. I would need to do some more research on this. But again, I saw it on TikTok. Now, is it within the realm of possibility? You know, I'm going to have to say no. I've seen older pictures of Vivek, but whatever. Believe what you want. It's reality fluidity. There are no, there are no standards. There's no reality testing. 
Again, it's been 77 years and 7 months since Donald Trump was born. June 14, 1946. In the window, which would make him um, likely the moonchild summoned by Jack Parsons and Marjorie Cameron. In other words, the Antichrist. Hey, did you know that I came across this today? Turns out Jack Parsons worked for Hughes. Was it Hughes Aviation? He was working for this, at, but went at the time of his death. And, you know, he exploded in the laboratory. They say it was an accident or something. But he worked for Howard Hughes. So here we go. Jack Parsons was uh, accused of spying for the Israeli government. So he was fired. Parsons was fired from Hughes. The FBI investigated complaints and they were suspicious he was spying for the Israeli government. Anyway, Marjorie Cameron believed he was assassinated. Uh, she believed Howard Hughes was behind Jack Parsons' death, perhaps to prevent trade secrets from getting out. So that's fascinating. Jack Parsons, employee of Hughes Aircraft. And I, I found this to be interesting because there was this other story or theory that Jack Parsons is Howard Hughes, that he faked his death at 37 and came back as this other eccentric. But now looking at it, I don't think you could make that case. But it's interesting that they intersect anyway. Diana South says, don't let facts get in the way. Yeah, never. Don't let facts or truth get in the way of good narrative. That's the rules they play by. The one thing they don't want you to hang on to is objective reality. It's like a hate crime. To insist something is real. What's well, realism? You know, like ableism. They have all these isms. Ageism. Well, this is realism. You're, you know, like these different ways of making room for everything at the expense of standards themselves. Like, oh, you're insisting it's real and realer than this. Like, to call something delusional would be, oh, you're being realist. Echo Charlie says, Hughes intersected with a lot of Hollywood starlets. Interesting. So he had that. Well, Jack Parsons was intersecting with the starlet Marjorie Cameron, who also did a movie with Kenneth Anger, who was up in the ranks there at the Church of Satan. And it was called Inauguration of the Pleasure Dome, about the horror of Babylon being introduced as the goddess of the New Age. Interestingly, that same character, the same individual, uh, Kenneth Anger I'm talking about, who directed this movie, um, he wrote Hollywood Babylon, and the movie Babylon starring Margot Robbie is based on it. Significant because Margot Robbie is Barbie, and Barbie is the whore of Babylon. It's idol worship. It's a, it's a powerful spell they've cast, and people don't see it. They think it's just mindless entertainment. It's just a comedy. It has some feminist ideas. No, Barbie feminism is bigger than that. And it, you can't separate it from Oppenheimer and the big picture. There's a reason why Barbieheimer was trending. You're looking at the simultaneous presentation of the splitting of the nuclear family and the splitting of the atom and what this means for our new age as they destroy the old world, bring in the new, and move us from objective reality into the Truman Show. 
not a coincidence probably that it was President Truman who was president at that time, and of course he was the 33rd, I believe. But with the advent of the fake nuke and the ability to even fake something at that scale, we entered into a show, a movie-based, actor-driven reality. All right, let's continue here, going through um, some of my favorite Twitter feeds. Biff Don has done a lot of work uncovering the persona of Donald Trump throughout the media, throughout entertainment, long before Trump existed in his present form. Now, this is from 1992, and it's called, this is the Donald. This is really eerie and strange. I don't know what the explanation is. It's just one of these strange TV shows. But you have this character reminiscent of Donald Trump and also the devil. But you can just call me the Donald. Maybe I can help you. Normally I don't handle accounts this small, but I like you. You're my kind of people. You've got to think big. If you let me handle a promotion, ads, TV spots, PR, I guarantee you'll clean up. I'll stake my reputation on it. What's in it for you? Where do I sign? Now, we're just looking at a character called the Donald, and he's uh, in the business of trafficking human souls. Interesting because Donald Trump has been referred to and called the Donald for the longest time. The Donald is his nickname. He used to show up on the Fox. They'd call him the Donald. And I thought, that's like the Don. And lately he's been called a bad Don, like a mafia Don. And a bad Don, or a bad Don, is actually the Antichrist, the king of the abyss. Uh, interesting comment here. Um, my third eye says, didn't Kenneth Anger intersect with the Manson family members? Yeah, I mentioned the other day, Anton LaVey had a witch named Susan Atkins who did the honors of splitting the pregnant belly of Sharon Tate in what was a obviously fake atrocity. But Kenneth Anger, who again was, uh, you could say, second in command at the Church of Satan. I mean, he was pretty high up there. Uh, yeah, he actually had Bobby Basoli, one of the convicted Manson killers, or one of the, he stabbed somebody. But he was doing music and acting in one of the guy's films. So what's the common denominator here? Kenneth Anger, associated with this Manson killer, doing films and music. I think Mick Jagger was attached to that project. But at the same time, you have the wife of Roman Polanski being targeted for the killing. And of course, he directed Rosemary's Baby, and you know her baby is killed. So there's a lot there to suggest that you know there's movies, movie actors, there's plenty of room here to suggest it was all hoaxery. The Manson killings were just ritual theater. And it should be pointed out, because that's often glossed over, that it was actually a false flag, or attempted to be a false flag, meaning it was meant to scapegoat the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers went and killed some Hollywood starlet, and this would cause helter-skelter, the race war, what Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA want. Alt-Easy says, we already know who the Antichrist is, the Pope. Yeah, there's a few different concepts here, though. There's the Hollywood Antichrist, which is the one we're talking about. This fictional bad guy, but it's been built up mostly in entertainment, and it's it's not even specifically biblical. I mean, it's just kind of a, a construct. 
and he has been presented as this nefarious character who seduces the world and gets everybody to sell their souls or something along these lines and Donald Trump more than anybody in terms of predictive programming fits this even go back to the, the series of movies called The Omen Damien Thorne DT is Donald Trump we can find many examples last night we were going over examples of how often Joaquin Phoenix is represented in a subtextual way as Jesus Christ Donald Trump has been represented as an Antichrist time and time again which is fascinating for a few reasons here because he's been recently associated with Christ by his followers being compared to as a martyr in fact I, I talked about the other day the significance of 4-4 the date that he was arraigned the date that Joker 2 is being filmed Heath Ledger the Joker's 44th birthday the meaning of 4-4 fascinating stuff but what I forgot to mention because this was Holy Week uh, that suit that he wore on that day has since been chopped up into pieces and he's selling it you can actually buy these Trump trading cards and if you buy all 47 you get a piece of the suit he wore when he was arrested and I'm thinking wait a minute here that's just like the Roman soldiers casting lots for the garments of Jesus which they ripped up and shredded and divvied amongst themselves All right, let's continue here. Accordion Man says Gonzalo Lira supposedly died at 55. Yeah, the only reason I looked at that story at all, I noticed the, the age. 55, and there, there was like a 47 in the story. I took note of it. Now, if you, if you haven't been following, last year the number 55 was consistently brought up with a psyop that had many references to King. Martin Luther King, Rodney King, Martin Luther King's daughter, and then the number 55 started showing up when they shut down I-55, you know, the protesters for this Tyree Nichols killing, the Rodney King-esque beating slash killing. So I-55, King, King, King. Then I'm like, wait, this is the 55th year since MLK's assassination. The anniversary is April 4th the day that he was killed 55 years prior and that's the anniversary date that I'm referring to where Trump was arraigned so he gets arraigned on MLK's assassination date this is already kind of adding up and then you have these other bizarre stories like Jamie Foxx's dying on the movie set then being resuscitated he happened to be 55 so dying resurrection then you had him show up in a movie they cloned Tyrone reiterating a lot of these same themes but specifically, Jamie Foxx is an important key player in BLM. And BLM is the new like civil rights movement. Emmett Till kicked off the first one. Trayvon Martin, this one. And Trayvon Martin's martyrdom was popularized and made into a huge celebrity agenda by the influencer uh, Jamie Foxx, who at the time had just done the movie Django Unchained. And we talked about the significance of that, how Ye is tied into that story how Christopher Dorner, 33-year-old cop, incinerated in the cabin is tied into the story. Without getting too far into the weeds here, just kind of going through these these uh, various aspects of it, the thing for the last year has been MLK and his 55th anniversary. And all these numbers, the 55, keep popping up. And then, of course, a chunk of the sun at the 55th degree latitude fell off. And the sun 
is a symbol of a crown. Like the ray of the crown of thorns, just a crown, a halo. So the idea that a chunk of the sun at 55 gets taken off sounds to me like a headshot. That's what I took out of it. So now here we are looking at Turning Point USA who are insultingly selling a t-shirt with MLK on it for $55 inexplicably. And they're about to attack MLK and the Civil Rights Act on the 15th. So that's kind of where we're at. Oh, interesting. Accordion Man says Prague has the word purge in it. Cheesy Cool says hard to unsee the fakery after Miles Mathis article. Same with JFK. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a paradigm shock. And then it's a paradigm shift. To even entertain... Look, this is something too. A lot of people are averse to ideas that they don't see as acceptable by the mainstream you know, believers you know believers feel like they have to keep themselves in a mental quarantine and these ideas that might come in and contaminate that need to be avoided but it's the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain an idea without accepting it that's aristotle but they don't want you to entertain ideas that they don't want you to believe in. They don't want those ideas even available to you. They're shrinking the world of ideas for that reason. But um, to not be able to entertain the idea that you might be wrong fundamentally, that you might have been lied to your entire life about many things, not just a few key events here and there, but about worldview itself, if you can't even confront that just to entertain the idea, what does that say about your mind that you can't even entertain an idea without accepting it like oh no I can't consider that because I have mind aids no mental immune system and anything you say I'm just gonna believe it like what you have no resilience you have such little confidence in yourself that you can't even entertain the possibility that you might be wrong and a lot of times it's ego the death clingers the corpse clutchers they have put so much time and emotion and energy into mourning fake dead people that it's the sunk cost fallacy. It's kind of like like a relationship that long ago should have just ended, but it's like, you know, you invested so much, you have all these memories together, and it's like you just can't let it go because you put so much into it. And for a lot of people, worldview, even religion, uh, a lot of outmoded ideas and beliefs stick around because people put so much into it. And I'm saying unplug. And they're like, but no, but my years and years of tears crying for all these fake dead people. Yeah, you gave up your louche. You were harvested. You were in a parasitic relationship with mass media. Uh, let's see what else we have going on here. Ooh, Linda Curtis says, David J. Taylor running in Ohio for the House. Donald supporter with the same initials. DJT. No coincidences here. And we were doing some deep dives in Discord today, in, in Gilded today, with regard to the symbol of Saturn and how it's often represented with the number 42 or T2. And so when you're looking at symbolism, because you have to be symbol literate and visually literate to truly be media literate. There is no media literacy in 2024 without symbol literacy. Because media is not what people think, uh, what they think. There's a, a level of 
subtext that you wouldn't get. And visual literacy. If you can't tell between computer-generated and real, you're not media literate. Anyway, the number four represents a cross. And this is all just solar symbolism, four seasons, pretty obvious. Um, then you can look at the X as a cross, which has other interesting connotations. It's the 24th letter. And again, you combine two and four, you get a symbol of Saturn, and the X folds into a cube. You find all these things that connect, but my point of it is the X and the four are two crosses, pretty obvious. And another one would be the T. So the four, the T, and the X would all constitute a cross in many different contexts. For example, Terminator 2, and, and, and one other point here, the double cross represents a resurrection. That's why it's significant that Jamie Foxx has two X's in his name, and he's part of this martyr cult. Ultimately, this martyr cult of BLM, in my assessment, is about the introduction of this new, basically a new Christ, a new martyr for this new age paradigm, this new religion. Everything's being updated. They've updated sin with the virus and carbon footprints and all this stuff, but evil's been redefined as racism. And the scapegoat from the previous paradigm, mainly Jews and sin, are being phased out. The people who cling to that are just the people who are holding on to traditional values. But in this newer paradigm, that's not the universal scapegoat. Whiteness is, and whites are, filling in that new role as the ubiquitous scapegoat. And it's plainly obvious to see a critical race theory. But my point being is that we're moving into this new religious paradigm where it's disguised as all just being secular, but everything's updated. And the symbols are still referencing the more ancient paradigm. They're just kind of covered up in there. But this stuff is fascinating. Like uh, Echo Charlie says, the king of of uh, Tyre in the Bible. So that's, again, Tyrone. We're talking about Tyree Nichols, but you had They Cloned Tyrone came out this summer, which featured Jamie Foxx. And right before Jamie Foxx was in this movie, or right before this movie came out, there were rumors, and TMZ was reporting on it, that Jamie Foxx was cloned, that he had actually died, and they covered it up, and they cloned him. So I'm like, wait a minute here. He supposedly died, and he was cloned. Then a movie comes out, they clone Tyrone, and he's in it. And the name Tyrone contains the same letters as Tyree Nichols. And that name Tyree, it all ties to the Masonic lore about Hiram Abiff, who dies and is resurrected, or even cloned. Just the word clone to replace uh, resurrection, these are all synonymous. But it was all told last year. And it, it, it all ties to MLK and Trump's arraignment on MLK Day. Tyree Nichols got killed by four cops. Interesting. Again, Tyree Nichols was killed in a way reminiscent of Rodney King. Rodney King was hit 33 times, beaten over the course of 1 minute and 19 seconds. There's quite a lot in that whole story. Like, uh, was it Reginald Denny? Reg, the name King? Uh, uh, the, the King stuff, the crown, Martin Luther King, the killing of the king. This is what we're getting to. What we're getting to is this. This narrative building up to, to some kind of a 
Donald Trump head wound thing. It's been associated with him for some time, but it's becoming more obvious and everybody's mentioning it. It's become almost like, it's like, for example, they did Julius Caesar in the park, there at Central Park, where they killed someone that looked like Trump. We found a lot of stuff with that as well in our server, um, tying the John Wilkes Booth family to some monument that's there at the park where they did Julius Caesar. But anyway, you know, we're looking at all this stuff. It's like, it's like a foregone conclusion. They're going to do it. They're leading up to it. And everything's tying into this killing of the king ritual, which is what JFK was. You know, JFK, King of Camelot, if you look at the scripting behind his assassination, it's the killing of the king, the sun king. And again, when we look at symbols, we can group certain things together. King, Christ, the number 33, the phoenix, the corona, and the sun. All these things are synonymous and they're used together. You know, Burning Man, Phoenix, the crown, these these are like, this is a cluster of things that essentially mean and reference the same thing and we see them used in the same way. That's why I think it's significant that the sun had a chunk blown off at the 55th latitude because that would be related to a crown shot, which is what we're talking about. The headshot, crown shot, all of this tying into Donald Trump and this predictive programming that even ties in to the Revelation 13 story of the Antichrist surviving a head wound. And interestingly, the Nonners, the QAnoners, have been saying for some time that they believe that Trump is the Antichrist from Revelation 13, but that it's the good guy and that we got it wrong. So they're ready. Look, they are ready to follow the Antichrist. I mean, it's biblical. This is all biblical metascripting. But interestingly, they keep saying in their hashtags, the best is yet to come. And some say it's the beast is yet to come. And they believe that Trump's second coming, he's going to be the beast. But they see it as a good thing. I mean, I'm just saying, the QAnoners worship Donald Trump. Whether he's Satan or Jesus, they don't care. Demetria101 says, Hiram a Biff. Biff played Trump in Back to the Future. Yeah, good connection there, Biff Tannen. He's entering into his Biff Tannen phase. Cheesy Cool says, Is they clone Tyrone worth a watch? Can an auto-hoaxer and a non-AH wife both enjoy watching together? Yeah, I don't talk enough about it because it's it's that good. It combines the best elements of Westworld, The Truman Show, Josie and the Pussycats, and a lot of Kubrick nods in there. It's a very nuanced movie. I would say that They Clone Tyrone is one of the best conspiracy genre movies ever made. And it's not purely derivative. In fact, it has connections also to Dark City. We should throw Dark City in there. And there's a cameo by Keith... Well, not a cameo. Keith Sutherland's in there. But it's there, so there's Dark City, Truman Show, Westworld, Josie and the Pussycats all thrown in to this scenario, which, again, I don't want to give any spoilers because I thought it was actually pretty good. I'll watch it again, and then I'll do a deep review, and we'll do a breakdown of it piece by piece. But what it does do is it raises the question of fakeability and worldview creation, because that's all we're talking about. To say you're an auto-hoaxer means to say you're a skeptic when it comes to what's on the screen. And a lot of people think, oh, I am a skeptic. If I see something fishy, I'm going to question it. 
I don't believe Q because I'm a skeptic. Yeah, but you believe CNN. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I, I don't trust CNN or mainstream, but I'm going to go with uh, Human Events and Steve Bannon. Uh, well, alt media is still media. And what I'm saying is you have to look at media as a monolith to truly be a skeptic. To step away, to socially distance from the screen, to get back six feet. You can't be choosing sides in any way, but you have to treat them all equally as equally dishonest. They're all liars. Until proven honest. And look, here's the thing about liars. Good liars. Good liars don't lie all the time. If they did, they would be caught. And they would be bad liars. Like children are bad liars. Um, people who are bad at lying don't have a lot of practice. But good liars only lie for advantage when they can get away with it. And they can lie their entire lives and they win. Lying is magic. Lying is power. Look at George Santos. If you're a good liar, you can, you can ascend the pyramid like nothing else. Lying is basically an act of creation and magic. As much as it's an act of destruction and... Uh, something that unravels the fabric of reality but lies can be very creative and I call this the lie world order uh, for a reason so when I say that they're all lying yeah they're all lying even if they don't know it the, the world stage makes a liar of you and they're promulgating lies in an unwitting fashion and one part of it too though is that as long as you are accepting the screen as an authority you're lying to yourself. It's a form of gaslighting. And what I'm suggesting here is that by stepping back and appreciating it as a monolith, you can still believe what you want, but now you're reality testing it, and you're left with fewer beliefs, more knowledge, or rather, more certainty about what you know, but now you don't have all these unsubstantiated beliefs which are tantamount to superstitions, many of them disempowering, stress-inducing even. So you can de-stress, detoxify your mind. Like truly, this is like auto-hoaxology can deliver what Scientology promises to do after they take all your money and brainwash you. There's actually a word for it. I mean, the original skeptics who came up with this, uh, ataraxia, a state of inner peace. Think about it. This is all mind war until you can prove it's not. I mean, show me evidence that this is actually real, all these threats are real, if it's all in the mind and you're in a state of agitation and mind war, even if you don't think you are, if you've accepted the world stage, there's a certain baseline level of anxiety that goes along with it. And having that as a frame of reference throughout your entire life, I think maybe you don't see it, maybe you wouldn't notice it, but we don't know what it's tuning you out of. It's like your bandwidth is being hogged by stuff you don't need. It's malware for the mind. So you remove this stuff, you remove, you suspend judgment, you no longer believe in bowl cut shooters or bat soup that can kill millions. You know, you eliminate these things, you're no longer worried about space rocks or floods, you don't care about recycling. And it's not that you become apathetic, but it's that you no longer care about things that don't warrant your attention, and now you can concentrate on what matters. So what I'm suggesting is inner peace is attainable, even in an election year. My third eye says most self-proclaimed skeptics are lying about their skepticism. Yet you're not a skeptic if you say, well, I don't trust 9-11 or COVID, and I don't trust the uh, WEF. 
and I'm skeptical about this event and that event. But then you believe the general picture um, because the general picture is that screwed up. That's what I'm saying here. That there's an edifice of lies that needs to be confronted and the best word I can find for it, the best symbol, and they presented this to us, is the monolith. And it's not a coincidence that the monolith has the same proportions as the movie screen. And I think the real meaning of it all has been the merging of the worldview, that is, the consensus agreed upon worldview, with the movie screen, with the televised, with the news. All right, let's see what we have here. So the thing is, again, uh, the word skeptic, you, you can be skeptical about certain things, but what I'm saying is, is that um, media is not skeptical. Mainstream media is not skeptical media. They don't question their own claims. Remember Jesse Smollett when he got lynched and covered in bleach and they said those bad words to him when the Magas got him and he was there hanging in the tree at 3 a.m., just wanted to go to Subway? You don't remember because it didn't happen. He said it happened. The media reported on it because they don't have any sort of internal skepticism. So they reported on the tragic lynching of Jesse Smollett until the next day when they found out it was a big fat lie. Now the thing is, if it wasn't reported as a lie, they never would have fact-checked it. It's all a house of cards, and it always has been. Now, the alternative media is skeptical of mainstream. Oh, we're truthers. We don't trust anything from the mainstream, but you trust any sort of meme that you find in your Twitter feed? Or you trust any alt-media type because they look like they're being suppressed or censored? I call it censorship theater. Anyone who's an anti-vaxxer is like, oh, I'm being censored. Uh, no, if you're carrying propaganda, if you're carrying water for the controlled opposition, you're not being censored. They're amplifying your message. They're creating the perception here. So the only true skeptics, I'm saying, are those who start with the premise of uh, the intrinsic fakeability of reality via mass media. So, for example, and this is the biggest one for many, many can accept, yeah, I can see how you can fake a school shooting. It's basically like a closed movie set. I can see how Boston bombing was just a flash mob with concealment fog. I can see how that could work. But then they have a hard time with bigger ones like the 9-11, and I can make it really easy. You had dozens of drills. You had a thousand plainclothes mass casualty simulation actors on record um, activated that day. The scalability of how fakeable everything is needs to be appreciated in order to understand what media is. They don't know what a big liar it actually is. Some people are still stuck on the moon landing. And if you're stuck on believing the moon landing, here's why. It has nothing to do with evidence. It has to do with faith in screen and your argumentation, your argument coming from the integrity of that screen. And it, look, if it told the truth all the time, then I can understand it. Like, well, why would you question it? The problem here is, and this is specific to the space program, is that many truthers will recognize fakery here on Earth but when there's anything up above, they think it's just scientific evidence. Like Apollo 11, oh, that's scientific evidence. That's not propaganda. I heard this ridiculous podcaster on the Daily Beasts, the Daily Abnormal, and he said that he didn't get it. He didn't understand 
why climate change denialists claim that it's political. He said climate change is not political. Like that's either naivety, insulation, or somebody paid to be really dumb. All right, let's see what we have here. Cheesy Cool says, can we make our own news station that makes up lies, stages, events, as much as CNN and Fox, like The Onion without the obvious satire? Not illegal if the mainstream news do it right. See, that's a good question, because I was raising it, the question a couple of years ago, do we have the right to be wrong? Like, can I express opinions that are wrong? Not hateful, but just wrong. Like, hey guys, all cats are dogs. You want to talk about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can you can tell. Um, it's the way they walk. I'll show you. Like, we can just report something that's factually wrong. Are they going to censor it? No. But if I say, hey, this person is not really crying, and there's no evidence to support the claims that they made here, they censor that. So we're dealing with something else here, because it has to do with fakeability. Uh, one, it has to do with the democratization of the tools of production. I'm talking about media. How now everybody can produce content on par with everybody else. It's been leveled. So now that everybody can fake reality, that was the ultimate power of the elite. The ability to fake reality. Well, that's been democratized. Anybody can do it. So if we can all do it, now there's competition. And this is where we get into what I call the desert of the designated real. Meaning, and this is from the Matrix, where Morpheus shows Neo, the Matrix, where the desert of the real is just a way of describing the simulation. But the thing is, now the simulation has more than one creator. You have Big Brother's simulation, but now everybody gets to augment it in their own way. So now they have to designate what is real, what isn't. And we saw this on 10-7. Jerusalem Post. Oh look, there's Hamas with a, a doll pretending it's real. LOL. And then a few days later, oh wait, correction, that was real. No, it's still a doll, but now you say it's real, so it's real. Oh, that's how it works, so you designate it real and it becomes real. Even TikTok has been talking about marking things as AI-generated. Why? Because the public is reality-impaired, visually illiterate. Why? Because they were made to be that way through conditioning. We've been dumbed down visually to this point by design. They don't want you to know the difference between real and fake. They want you to be dependent on them and their blue checks, their pundits, telling you what's real and fake. That's what I mean by the designated real. It's a Garden of Eden situation. They want you ignorant, unable to tell between real and fake, good and evil. If you can discern for yourself, you're not enslavable anymore by these Elohim aliens. So they're like, no, stay away from the tree of knowledge. And what's in the tree of knowledge? Red pills. That's what the apple represents, the red pill. So you take the red pills, and now you can tell real from fake. Now they can no longer contain you in their village, in their garden, in their closed system. All right, let's continue here. Echo Charlie says, staging events without a permit is a misdemeanor, I think. Well, you know what's ironic is... They used to, well, they, they call us hoaxers. Like, I'm calling an event a hoax. I'm saying, hey, guys, that's a hoax. And they say, hey, this hoaxer over here is calling this event fake. This hoaxer is calling it a hoax. No, 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 I'm, I'm a realist, and I see a hoax 
I'm calling it a hoax, and you're calling me a hoaxer. That makes no sense. Like if I went to a magic show, and I explained how the illusion was created, you know, you would kick me out or something, but you wouldn't call me a magician. You, you know, you would just call me disruptive or a critic. But in this case, the critics of media are called hoaxers. And I thought, that's got to be some kind of weird projection. But it could come true. We could actually stage our own hoaxes, and we could probably do it better than them. I've considered the possibility. We could stage a fake shooting with a higher death toll, and if we have enough social media influencers, if we coordinated it, we absolutely could probably outdo them in body count. Tears? We'd have real tears. I'd hire the best actors. We'd have the most realistic, gruesome footage. They would really censor it. We could, we could really outdo them. Just like, and I had actually thought of this back in 2017, it's like, hey, let's get some money together and let's create our own space station. Who's to say it's not up there if it looks realer than theirs? We could create a competitive space station, pull up next to theirs, wave at them, and keep going. And the believers in the screen won't, the ones with mind aids who can't process or filter information as real or fake, who just accept it all, they would just believe it. I considered faking a rogue CubeSat. It only cost like $40,000, I believe, to buy a CubeSat. And just say, yeah, we got a CubeSat. You can, for $5 a month, you can tune in and watch our live stream. You can see the Earth. And we could present the Earth and make it even look better than NASA's. Make it a little more realistic. And that would be problematic. And this is why I'm so interested in what, what's going to be shown in Star Special Effects in the movie ISS. On 119, again, 119, this date is very significant with this entire agenda of the space station falling, the Tower of Babel falling, Genesis 11.9. But 119, a movie comes out called ISS. And I'm curious, is it going to look realer than the real one? Because on the real ISS, they use gallons of hairspray. They use bungee cords and green screen garbage. Like, it's dated special effects. Like, they're, they're so not up to par with Hollywood. So in here we have this Hollywood blockbuster movie about the ISS coming out. I don't think the, I don't think the female astronauts are going to be flying around with their stiff hairspray hair like they do in the real ISS. And I've been saying for some time that maybe they haven't really done a good ISS movie because it would make the real one look so bad by comparison. And I'm gonna I'm curious to see. Uh, Phil LeBlanc says you're my favorite conspiracy comedian. Yeah, we're we're critics, you know, we're like film critics. This is mystery science theater type criticism and we've maintained this. And the the truth of it is, you know, the bread and circuses is that and it's it's more conspiratainment. I mean, it really is. It's meant to entertain. It's meant to entrain through entertainment. If it wasn't entertaining, we wouldn't watch. But if you're caught up in the fear of it all, and you believe it literally, I can see why you might be humorless about it. You might be raging about it, about how the planet's on fire. Jamitra101 says, Flip ISS looks like 551 and the 551st minute of the day is 9-11. Really, that's interesting. Then I is 9, 
s is 19. So 9, 19, 19, add the 9 and 1, you get 10 or 1, so you get a 9, 1, 1 out of that as well. And if you look at the ISS and the solar array, the solar panels, in any of their shots with the Earth in the background, it actually looks like the Twin Towers. In fact, it, this is, and I, I don't think these are coincidental. This is part of the architecture of this PSYOP in progress. And just to give you an idea of what this represents, the sinking of the Twin Towers represents the fall of the Tower of Babel. The sinking of the Titanic is the same. This is a story being told across multiple generations. Titanic sinks. Twin Towers sink. And the ISS is next. Then it will have completed the, the fall. And the idea of America as Babylon goes back to 1776. And the beginning of America timed with that correlates to the beginning of the Tower of Babel's construction in 1776 AL, the year of light on the Masonic calendar. And the Masons who designed the seal knew this. That's why the pyramid. Uh, moreover, the Great Pyramid is 5,776 inches high. That is the year in the Masonic calendar that it was when America was founded. Because you just add 4,000. So it, you can see here a connection between America, the Tower of Babel, and the pyramid on the back of the dollar bill that has 1776 on it. And even the One World Trade Tower is 1,776 feet high. So this is again a reference to the Tower of Babel. Now the sinking of the Titanic is brought into the picture and it's you can see this if you look at the Metascript perspective. On 9-11-01, James Cameron, JC, who went down to the Titanic 33 times, James Cameron was at the wreckage of the Titanic when the Twin Towers went down. Now this is significant, he was filming something called Ghosts in the Abyss. Revelation 9-11 is about the king over the abyss. We reference this a few times. But this is deeper than just him being there at that time to associate the Twin Towers with the Titanic. Because four years prior, he released the movie Titanic, where it splits in two. And it even has jumpers off of it as it sinks like the Twin Towers. So you have this connection between James Cameron, the Titanic, the Twin Towers, and I'm saying it all extends to the space station. And we've been following the development of this, but now here's where, okay, 911 has a reference to the abyss. And James Cameron did a movie called The Abyss. And we're looking at this number being reversed now, 119. And Genesis 11.9 has to do with the Tower of Babel falling. International Space Station, all the nations, one mission from Earth to the heavens. It is the Tower of Babel. And when they break it, when they scatter the tongues, when they scatter the unity, it will be like the Tower of Babel falling, which is foreshadowed in the movie Leave the World Behind. And I think the ISS is slated to fall soon. So it's not a coincidence that it's being portrayed as um, this battleground between Russia and America in this new movie which comes out on 119 which is the date Donnie Darko came out which has falling planes as a main theme 9-11 predicted programming the directors the son of a guy who worked for NASA's Mars rover movie magic so a NASA connection there 
But also, Leave the World Behind has a character who's referred to as Donnie Darko, which furthers the connection between Leave the World Behind, Donnie Darko, and this theme of planes falling, the sky falling, the Tower of Babel falling. That played out pretty well in Leave the World Behind when Ethan Hawke's character is unable to talk to and help a woman because they didn't have the internet and Google Translate. Okay, let's see what we have here. Going through your comments. Did SpaceX make a launch tonight? I haven't checked. Um, the short answer is no, they never actually have launched to space, but they may have faked one today. Commenter says, CIA are pathological liars and New York Times is unreadable propaganda common sense. Yes, that's true. The thing about NASA and the ISS, this stuff, is, it, again, this is like with the Twin Towers, it's about worldview formation, and they need us to believe that we're united in space. This is our the heaven that unites us. Now there's this series that came out called the 100 and the number 100 ties into a lot of stuff like the check that we talked about this the other day. The Space Needle is on the $100 bill if you fold it up just like the Twin Towers burning on the back of the $20 bill are there when you fold it. So you have the Space Needle and some kind of an EMP blast above it on the $100 bill which again the Space Needle Another symbol of the Tower of Babel, a tower that reaches to space, the UFO symbolism on the thing. What we're talking about here is the next 9-11, the West sinking, the Titanic, the ISS all tie into this. So the Space Needle, which was at ground zero of 3-11, the pandemic, by the way, and it figures prominently in the West World movie series, the symbolism of this Space Needle has been brought up repeatedly, but it's associated with the $100 bill and a couple of years ago they did the Century Project where they put $100 million into it. Then there is a reference in a few movies like Free Guy and Sonic the Hedgehog with the $100 bill and Seattle getting bombed or hit with something. So this has been a reoccurring theme. Well there's a, a show on Netflix called The 100 and in the show The 100 there's a space station and the space station falls on season one, episode 13, 113. Today it's 113. But I remember pointing this out that um, we've been consistently seeing this stuff. And I remember even that year when that show came out on November 30th, NASA had to cancel a spacewalk because of space junk. So they've been building up this storyline, this narrative of the Tower of Babel falling. And it's often associated with the Space Needle and the ISS. So I'm not saying the Space Needle is going to get it. Uh, there was a lot suggesting it would, but that may have just been a reference to 2020. But there is plenty to suggest the ISS is going to fall. Alright, let's continue. Uh, Jman33 says, in Leave the World Behind, did you notice all the Tesla cars were white and they were piling up on cars of color? Not a coincidence, I didn't notice that. I noticed they were white, and it had 116 on them. And 116 is the number associated with the Batman movie, and the flood, when Gotham's underwater, you know, on November the 6th. And it's an upside-down 9-11, and 611, Timothy McVeigh was executed, but 
Anyway, 116 was on the white Teslas. That's not a coincidence, because the movie was very ham-fisted. That's why they had Julia Roberts posing in front of that black and white painting that kept changing, and in one of the scenes, it looked like a clan rally. It's a black painting that takes up the whole wall, and you have these white triangles. It looks like clansmen, and there she is standing with a white cone above her head. So the 116 has connections to the domestic violent extremist attack to come. That's why Batman, it was 116. That's why the Tesla associated with right-winger Elon Musk would have had that number. And also, that number is associated with the, the nuke. Like, for example, Oppenheimer's movie, 11 miles long, 600-pound IMAX film. He wears the badge K6. 11-6 has been consistently associated with, again, domestic violent extremists and the atom bomb, the nuke, the mushroom cloud releasing the Kraken, the Flood, and Leave the World Behind actually had the section called The Flood. Uh, Leave the World Behind is an anagram for Behold the End War Live, which is what the character at the very end gets to do. She survives at the end, goes down the tunnel like Alice in Wonderland, and she is able to behold the end live watching the final episode of Friends. There's quite a lot in that movie, predictive programming-wise, that connects to bigger, this bigger story of civil war. For example, they kept showing the American flag with an X through it, half of it red, like blood red. And there were many connections to Friends. And, of course, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, of course dies 1028, the day of a lunar eclipse, also the birthday of Julia Roberts, who stars in Leave the World Behind. But his character, Chandler Bing's birthday, is 4-8. So birthday, death day, 1028-428. Eclipse and 4-8 is the total solar eclipse, which completes the Xing out of America. And then we have that movie coming out called Civil War. So there's almost like this follow-up to leave the world behind that we're expecting to come out in this movie Civil War. Echo Charlie says, Asteroid impact could threaten all existence. Are you afraid enough to live at poverty level and send all your money and children to? Hmm. You know, okay, look. They could easily fake fallout from a nuke. And they could lock us down much easier than the bowl of bat soup virus because you can't make it partisan like you can I don't believe the experts that are telling me that this is real but fallout is a little more objective and it's not something that you could just politically decide not to protect yourself against to make a statement or something but an asteroid impact could do the same thing and it's fakeable my point is it's fakeable fake it with crisis actors fake it with CGI fake it with stratospheric aerosol injection. Whatever they do, they could fake it. There's a movie called The Humanity Bureau with Nicolas Cage that came out in 2017, and it's about people confined to these camps because there was an atomic bomb blast and there's radioactive waste everywhere. Well, they're not allowed to have any kind of instruments that could tell them when the radiation's gone. You know, the Geiger counter. He gets one, and it's contraband. And he finds out that there's nothing to be afraid of. They were locked down for nothing. 
Kevin Mooring says George Perry Floyd. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Um, Perry, Iowa. We just had that shooting. That name's been showing up, Matt Perry. And by the way, 2001 Space Odyssey not only has predictive programming for 9-11, again, predictive programming with Kubrick it points to like every future PSYOP. It's pretty nuanced. But it even has a reference to a corona, and then they mention a fake epidemic to control the public and hide something, and they have somebody named Floyd who is actually describing the fake pandemic. I mean, there's references galore, but this is like right after they show the corona symbol. So these names mean something. They always mean something. You can't ignore these, the names, the significance of them. And it all makes sense when you recognize you're looking at a script. And speaking of nuance, I mean, the timing of these things, the fact that the sun set at 8.46 p.m. in the Twin Cities, and he was kneeled on for 8.46, and the sun setting is symbolic of the sun god dying, and the ritual of the asphyxiation of George Floyd perfectly corresponds to that. You know, you go back and look at these things, and you're like, okay, this stuff is planned so far back that it makes perfect sense that a movie from 1968 would reference 2020. Many things from 1968 reference 2020. It's like history repeated itself in many ways. Yeah, thank you for bringing this up. Someone mentions Barbie Heimer monolith. So the Barbie movie begins with a giant Barbie. And it's the opening scene of 2001 Space Odyssey, but instead of a monolith, it's a giant Barbie. And the narrator is describing the drudgery of motherhood and how terrible it is to be chained to a kitchen. And then Barbie shows up. And all the little girls have their baby dolls that they're being conditioned to be mothers with. And they grab their babies by the ankles and dash their heads on the rocks. Barbie looks down approvingly, winks with one eye, and has three fingers up, so it's like 666, all-seeing eye, good job, kill your babies. So it begins with infanticide, but it's a comedy, so everybody's laughing. But the um, fact that it was a monolith makes a lot of sense there as well, because we're talking about the installation of this new age and all the various changes that we're monolithically accepting, the one world system, and how they're engaging in a lot of iconoclasm. But Barbie Heimer, again, a couple of things here really quick, because you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer come out at the same time, and I think these represent something, uh, Babylon and the Beast. There's a number of things that would connect these two, even with Godzilla, who is a metaphor for the atomic bomb. So Godzilla and Barbie, what do these things have in common? Well, there's connections going back to the atomic bomb tests, Bikini Island, the advent of the term bombshell to represent a blonde bombshell. This ties into Barbie and Margot Robbie and the role she played in the movie Babylon. But basically, the um, Barbieheimer phenomenon is about, again, the splitting of objective reality, the splitting of the atom, and the splitting of the nuclear family. That's what Barbie feminism represents. But I noticed this too, and this is interesting, the splitting of the atom. Uh, you know, who is Adam? You know, obviously the first male. And there was a guy named Adam Johnson 
who has neck split by player number 22. He was player number 47. And I thought that's kind of interesting. This has been showing up as a pattern, like Derek Chauvin stabbed 22 times, he's 47. But the splitting of Adam, the, the name stood out to me. And so I'm looking at this, and then it turns out Audrey Hale shot a stained glass of Adam in the midst of her mass shooting. She shoots Adam. And again, she's a she transitioned into, I think it was Aiden Hale. But the idea of killing the masculine, killing the male, iconoclasm, the Kenification of the American man. At the end of Barbie, she becomes a real woman, but Ken is still just a nub. So the killing of Adam. And one other point, Audrey Hale, who shoots Adam during her shooting, the first man, she looks exactly like Eleven from Stranger Things. Eleven, or L, um, is the eleventh in this group of mind control subjects. Number one is the guy that she has to kill. So she kills the first created. So Eleven kills one. And the shooter who looks like Eleven kills Adam, the first created man. A lot of Stranger Things tie-ins to a lot of these shooters in the last year. Um, let's see, something else about Barbie. Oh yes, so in the movie Leave the World Behind, Ethan Hawke's character is wearing a shirt that says Bikini Kill. And that stood out to us for a few reasons. Uh, Bikini Kill, Bikini Islands, referencing possibly the atom bomb. Interestingly enough, in the movie, because you see it in the trailer, but in the movie he says, my son could sleep through an atom bomb. And he's wearing the shirt. So you have an atom bomb reference in a movie where you do have one detonated while he's wearing a Bikini Kill shirt, a reference to, of course, Bikini Islands and those tests. But moreover, the punk rock group Bikini Kill is a feminist punk rock group. And I think it's only only women at their concerts. So it's a feminist group, meaning Barbie feminism, the blonde bombshell, the kenification of the American male, the splitting of the nuclear family for Barbie land, a.k.a. Babylon. And I know I'm right here, because I watched the, the Godzilla movie, realizing, okay, if I'm right about this Babylon and the Beast, this left-right split, then I'm going to expect that Godzilla is going to be a right-wing culture warrior. So I watched the Godzilla movie, and it's literally about restoring the nuclear family after the atom bomb. Because remember, he's, a, he's like a metaphor for the atom bomb. So the idea is you have this destroyed city, and there's an orphan baby on the street, and there's a man, and there's a woman. They don't know each other. But they come together to create a nuclear family, to raise that child. And all the guy's friends insist to him that he make an honest woman out of her, and they think about the future. So the Godzilla movie is all about sacrificing your own personal interests for the family and for the future of the nation. Conservative values. Whereas Barbie is like, F the kids, you know, kill the babies, just uh, screw motherhood. I'm going to live in my Barbie paradise and be materialistic. So those are juxtaposed with Barbieheimer. But one of them is specifically destroying the nuclear family, and the other one has the story of repairing it. It's just it's a fascinating split here. Hominoid 3 says asymptomatic nukes. Oh, look, it doesn't matter. 
there are enough hypochondriacs because you know there there actually was a pandemic. Even though I don't believe in pandemics, there was one. It was a pandemic of hypochondria. And a lot of people are hypochondriacs, but also many people are just opportunistic. Give them an excuse to take some time off. Give them an excuse to socially distance from people they want to be socially distanced from. So I'm suggesting here that if they say there's fallout, there are enough people. But no, um, J-Man33 remarks, Neil deGrasse Tyson says, some nukes won't have fallout. Sounds like predictive programming for nukes without fake fallout. Like they're lowering our expectations. I caught that. And he's talking about the thermonuclear, which combine rather than split the atom and don't result in the same fallout. And I'm like, why, why would they diminish our expectations for fallout if it wasn't for the fact that they probably aren't going to be able to pull it off? And speaking of Fallout, a very important video game came out called Fallout. There's a movie series also, Fallout. It has to do with Bunker number 33 or something. I'm just barely catching up to this, but I, I see the meta script. I see it being referenced, and I know it's not a coincidence. Fallout shelters. Leave the world behind. She goes into a Fallout shelter. There's something up here. And look, you can't underestimate video games any more than you can movies. On 10-6-2023, Modern Warfare 3 was released, ensuring that millions of minds would be plugged into a simulated war. The next morning, millions and billions of minds were plugged into a simulated war. Modern Warfare came out the night before. You had this ridiculous scene of, of parachuting... Um, over the wall. I mean, we, we all watched it happen in real time, but my point of it is, they had people in the right state of mind to accept it. Susceptible, which is what predictive programming does. So now we have Fallout New Vegas. So there's a lot of predictive programming to suggest this, too. We were just talking about the Space Needle. Well, look at the cover of Fallout New Vegas, and it has a Space Needle-like tower, just like Westworld does. And it's it's really about the symbolism, you know, when it comes to the Space Needle and what it means. It doesn't have to specifically be the thing with the UFO and tractor beam, but it's a stylized obelisk. But instead of a capstone, it has a saucer at the top. The Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition, again, is preparing people mentally. Like, here's the thing. They're simulating stuff in your minds. They're creating the illusion of it. But it has to exist in your mind. You have to be a participant. Like when you look at a comic book and you're reading panel to panel, you, the reader, are tying these disparate drawings together to create a story, and then it exists in your mind. You're animating it yourself. And when you're playing these video games, you are immersed in a reality where this situation is believable, this is what it looks like, this is how you will feel. It's very immersive, and I'm saying that predictive programming is literally programming you for what they're going to do in the fake news. So they're giving you the lexicon, the terminology, the symbolism. They're giving you the story so that when it happens, you fall right in line. They're giving you your lines. Like there was a five-part documentary called Pandemic that came out in 2019 on... Netflix. And all it did was prepare people to absorb the news. 
So we are being prepared right now, collectively, all the video gamers. You're all being prepared to accept the next phase of our unreality. Okay, let's continue. Now, Elephant Tusk says, have you ever decoded the movie Greenland? No, um, I'll definitely take a look. You know, we, we used to do a lot more watch parties in our Discord server, and we should probably get back to doing that because it's very useful. And sometimes I'm just astounded at how terrible these movies are. Like, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to analyze that movie scene by scene, but objectively it's terrible. And that scene that everybody's like, the, um, the uh, infamous scene is really kind of a nothing burger. Like, you could really do anything with those costumes anyway. But just, it looked so wooden and fake. And it's also a really disturbing movie. The Under the Rainbow costume store, Tom Cruise witnessing some guy selling his daughter. I mean, just absurdly sick stuff. However, the Kubrick films all are intricately tied into our world stage reality. That's a fact. That one came out on 716, the anniversary date of Apollo 11 leaving Kennedy Space Center. 716, the anniversary date of JFK Jr. dying. And then it was, was it 716? Let me check this one. There's a few others, but there's a lot of Kennedy connections with that date. And, and again, we're talking about uh, Kubrick films. In fact, there's a pretty good breakdown of the movie Eyes Wide Shut that suggests that it was actually about John F. Kennedy Jr. faking his death and going under cover. But, okay, now here's another 716. And this is another Kubrick reference. The Manhattan Project. It was on 716-1945. Not, I mean, Kubrick wasn't old enough to have directed that, but I mean, it's interesting that that's part of the same code. And it was at 5.29 a.m. And JFK's birthday, 5.29. I, I find these signatures across a lot of these worldview-shaping psyops, and I actually think that Stanley Kubrick is merely a part of that. Commenter says, May you live in interesting times was not a term of endearment. We live in conspiratating times. And it is exceedingly interesting. And I don't feel like it's a curse. Because the stuff that people are really terrified and angry and agitated about, by and large, is all fake. Uh, by the way, I have several copies, signed copies, of Secret Religion of the Elite 2nd Edition. I have a signed copy of the Schism in Everything, 2022, from a Metascript perspective. And I have signed copies of Autohoxology 101. I'll drop those in the comment section. We also have a new press pass design out. The agenda for 2024 is book tour. Take Autohoxology 101 and the Insider tabloid, forthcoming tabloid, um, out onto the streets, into the meatverse, breaking out of the world stage echo chambers that are all controlled, all saturated with brainwashed people who are firewalling against the truth. So we're going out on the streets. We're actually doing a book tour. The first stop is right here in conference room 119. 
here at the IPS headquarters and it'll be on 119 the day the ISS movie comes out and uh, we're going to be talking about the book Autohoxology 101 but the way I'm going to do this as a book tour is we're going to talk about the book in the context or rather um, in the conversation related to something we are questioning, debunking. So on the 19th we're going to focus the conversation on the space station. I'm inviting a few people over. I'm going to have it recorded because we're doing a documentary about this subject and this book itself and what went into it and what it really represents. And it's going to be filmed over the course of the coming months as we do these various events. And um, I'm going to be doing some, I'm going to attempt to reveal what I consider to be visual illiteracy and also selective skepticism. And I want to show how people shut off their own autonomous perception and they just default to whatever the screen says whenever it comes from the appropriate authority. We're just, we're exposing stuff here. We're exposing the philosophical crisis that we are in right now, collectively, that we were born into. I mean, it's not like it just, it's not like there was some kind of a takeover of media by people with too much money or special interest groups. No, it was always there to supplant religion and to do so ubiquitously, uh, monolithically, quote, globally. Anyway, this has been great. I appreciate everybody showing up. This is Infinite Plane Saturn Day, 1-1-3-2024. We have our eyes on Trump because he's out there in Iowa. And it is, it is 77 years and 7 days since he was born. Interesting timing. In two days, Turning Point USA is going to diss MLK Jr. and talk about the Civil Rights Act as some kind of a, a mistake. So it's gonna it's gonna get incendiary starting on Monday. And it's intentional. They're kicking everything up, so look forward to that. My third eye says, I suspect all the scary stuff that people past present believed is fake. Hey, it's a valid question. Um, what is real in terms of like what you're afraid of? What should we be threatened by? What should we be afraid of? If not bowl cut shooters, if not climate change, if not chemtrails, if not chupacabras, like where's the line? Where is the singular event you can point to that was real? And what you're left with when you start looking, you're left with beliefs, contemporary myths. I would even go so far as to say that school shootings are a state-created contemporary myth and a martyr cult. That's really what it is. Uh, yesterday's live stream was called The Perpetual Crisis Cycle and the Doom Hope Addicts. The Perpetual Crisis Cycle uh, goes on forever because the crisis is never resolved. It's never going to end. And that's because, and we talked about this yesterday, it, it goes to their Machiavellian methodology, straight out of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals number 9. The threat of the thing is more terrifying than the thing and more damaging over time. You know, they don't have to totally end everything if they can just beat you into submission once in a while and then threaten you. I mean, look how the anti-vaxxers are still so triggered. It's like you all thought they were going to kill us all in 2020. It's four years later. And you're still talking about it. You're still triggered.
Portal Complex says it's us versus them. Can we get a copy of the past Zoom cult of the obelisk? Oh, yes, we did a Zoom conference the other day so I could add content to the cult of the obelisk documentary. But that's going to require a full day of editing to combine the two and re-release it as an IPR deep dive. So if you want to get that, you will get it automatically if you're one of the subscribers on Patreon or IPS.Monster. And it'll be out before the 19th. The IPR Deep Dives. And we named them because we do dive deeper than anyone else is allowed to. And it is the case that uh, Emperor Penguins are the uh, deepest diving of all birds. And it's like, well, it's perfect. How far down is the deepest dive by an emperor penguin? 565 meters on record. Emperor penguins dive deeper than any other bird. Most of the dives are between 1 and 200, but occasionally they go a lot deeper. Stay underwater for 27 minutes. Very interesting. And that's symbolic, though. Uh, to be able to entertain an idea without accepting it. You know, you can dive deep into these things and come back out. Unless you can't, you know, unless you don't have any kind of defense against it and you need Big Brother to censor the internet from sensitive events being criticized. Again, something else to look forward to. We're not allowed to comment or talk about sensitive events as these new Google standards roll out. Stream is at the 113 mark. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, thanks everyone for showing up. Infinite Plane Saturn Day. We will be live tomorrow, and I'm in the process of adjusting my schedule so that we can be here in the mornings for the IPS Morning D programs. But the next big thing to look forward to, of course, is the books arriving in the mail. So if you ordered Autohooksology, uh, those are going to be arriving. And on the 19th, we are going to have the first Autohooksology 101 book tour stop. And we're going to have a live discussion. It will be live streamed. And it's going to be about the International Fake Station. We're going back on over to the 24-7. This is Chief Crow Auto Hoax or GTFO.